Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Are you a Yeovil Town fan? Do you want to help shape the future of Yeovil Town Football Club? The Glovers Trust exists to give Yeovil Town fans a democratic voice in the running of the club. Our aim is to strengthen links between the club and the local community it serves, and to engage with as many Yeovil supporters as possible. So, join the Trust today, and together we can build a stronger Yeovil Town Football Club. To find out more and to become a member, visit glovers-trust.co.uk and follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to the Glovers Cast with me, Ian Perkins, and this evening, today, whatever day you're listening to this episode, I'm joined by Mr. David Coates. Hello, mate. How are you? Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, good night. It's just <laughs> the two of us again. Yeah. We uh, we haven't got rid of Ben because the BBC has refused to screen a non-league team in the FA Cup, um, but uh, 
he is probably out somewhere drunkenly stumbling around Leeds city centre um, because he hasn't had a beer uh, during uh, during lockdown. So uh, it doesn't take too many, I don't think, to get little Ben drunk. <laughs> Beers and pizzas. And yeah, exactly. Brewdog, That's what he's on. Brewdog, other... Brewdog. Brewdog and pizzas, yeah. Others are available. Um, yeah. I think, I don't know. Not really a beer. Not really a beer guy, which will probably upset a particular listener. Um, are you going to... Uh... Burst into a song of I am a cider drinker. Uh, I drinks it all of the day. I do actually. Is this a spoken word, lyric? Uh, <laughs> he has. He has. Looks a bit weak, that one, but there we go. No, this is a Sanford's Orchard one. I forget which one it is. I think it's a Devon Hayes. Very nice. Very nice. There you go. That, well, was a... that will endear you to the listenership. I yeah. won't tell you what's in, in my drinks cabinet because that won't endear me to anybody. So, uh, <laughs> is it Palmer Violet Brothers? I saw that from Clevo. That's absolutely <laughs> disgusting. I, I, I don't want any of that anywhere near me. No, I'm, a, I'm partial to a Corona and lime. Oh, okay. I, uh, which, yeah, I like a, I like a Corona and lime, which I once went into uh, Chorley, which we we played a few years ago, Chorley Town Centre, uh, into the Yates's there, and asked for a Corona and lime. Uh, well, I got a bottle of Corona and then asked for a lime in it. And the bloke barman looked at me and said, "It's not a cocktail, you know." Uh, <laughs> So I've ever referred to it as a Jolly Cocktail. So, yeah. <laughs> the Jolly Cocktail. Yeah. Lovely. So the world of Yeovil so, Town has been a bit bit quiet. Yeah, again, <laughs> not not much to say, is there? Since, uh, well, I think Mr. Barrett's, uh, I won't call it an outburst, his, uh, his, 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 his passionate uh, explanation of what was going on in a lot of our heads seemed to have struck a chord with a lot of people and... Uh, Maybe even struck a chord with um, what some of our mystery bidders. Yeah. One of our mystery bidders, I should say. One of them who's less of a mystery now. Exactly, yeah. After months of people claiming that Julian Jenkins, formerly of Cardiff City commercial director, I think, yeah. um, was a was in for the uh, in for buying the club. We now got a statement on. Monday night, am I right? Yeah, Monday, af- Monday afternoon, he, he tweeted uh, a statement on behalf of Simul Sports. Uh, Simul, Sport- Simul Sports is the group that he he set up together with uh, Mark Mark, uh, Mark Bertram, who's who's a director in it. He's obviously known to Yeovil fans, although not playing very much. Probably better known to QPR and Millwall fans, and somebody called Darren Delandro who, by the looks of uh, his social, his um, uh, digital presence, shall we say, is a investment specialist who works with high net worth individuals, which probably never worked with us, will he? But um, he obviously <laughs> works with people who've got, a, who've got a bit of cash to rub together. So, um, yeah, but he's uh, he was um, an assistant manager at Tooting and Mitcham. Is that right? That's his footballing claim to fame, I think I read. So, uh, yeah. Some kind of football in length, although that was a bit tenuous. I think, I think Bircham has the um, the best um, football coaching or playing um, links, doesn't he? Mm. Yeah, I would mm. I would think so. Um, yeah, so the statement read, Simul Sports can confirm that we are committed to continue working with Scott Priestnell for the successful acquisition of Yeovil Football and Athletic Club, um, which got a lot of likes, <laughs> a lot of retweets. And a lot of replies. Um, so, you know, the, yep. the statement on Sunday, which 
came out from Scott Priestnell has been responded to, so it's yeah. out there in public. Um, I think I would question whether seven days is, you know, Scott said if nothing's done in seven days, he will come up with his plan. Long-term vision for the his club. Long-term vision. Uh, I think I think seven days is very ambitious. To, to you imagine if there was something. And, and obviously, as we heard um, that Scott, didn't want to sell the club, but he had already done two deals with um, two different parties to sell the club, which would suggest that there is, you know, it's a fair way down the road anyway. So, yeah, I would imagine if there's something that's going to make some money, then um, probably not going to kind of walk away from it. But um, we shall see. Mm. We shall see. But yes, good to, good to have some clarity, although what was it, 1,400 words from Scott Priest and far fewer from Julian Jenkins. But nevertheless, there was um, there was some clarity in the fact that, as has been speculated for such a long time, he is involved and he is interested. Yes. But no word from the other rumoured, speculated no. uh, party. Um, that being Glenn Collis, current club director. One of the two current club directors alongside Mr Priest. Which, you know, I think, you know... The, Lots of talks about NDAs and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, you know, Julian has spoken and that's not breaking any NDA. Well, um, we haven't heard from him it. since. He's not in like NDA jail somewhere, is he? He's like <laughs> in, in Siberia or wherever, wherever they put these people. NDA jail. Wow. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe if there is such a place. But yeah. Yeah. So that got oh, people oh. a bit excited on Monday afternoon and then on monday evening the fa cup draw <laughs> pretty did that get you excited <laughs> it did because i thought arsenal were number one because they were always yeah. number one there um, you go afc bournemouth <laughs> yes i know <laughs> yeah it should just be bournemouth shouldn't they really it should be it should just be bournemouth yeah but i mean i i spoke to a few people around here and they said oh that's a good cup draw for you um and, and in reality when you look at it they're top of the championship i think yeah, well, when I looked on Monday, they were second. I don't know if they played any games. In was, I think it was them and Fulham, wasn't yeah. it? That were they were neck and neck. But I mean, they are a you know they were a Premier League team for many years. I think it's probably just because we play them so often in pre-season, isn't it? Yeah. They're almost like, and we've had so many players from them, haven't we? Um, you know, yeah, Matt Worthington, Joe Quigley, Sean uh, McDonald, Sean McDonald, Asmir yeah. Begovic. Did he come was he? from... Oh, he was nah, Portsmouth, wasn't he? he came from... Portsmouth. Where was he? Portsmouth. Portsmouth he was, yeah. He, he was Portsmouth. He yeah, did play yeah. for Bournemouth later. Yeah. In his yeah, career, didn't so he? Plen- yeah, plenty I mean, of links. I think, yeah, the initial reaction seemed to be one of disappointment because I think when you're out early and there's loads of teams still left in it, people get yeah. a little bit excited. But I thought, I thought it was... I think it's a decent draw. I think, you know, it's not far for them to travel. No. Bournemouth are going to be used to playing in all these swanky uh, all-seater stadiums, so their fans might enjoy a little bit of a taste of real football coming down to in, Hewish Park. In, in January, <laughs> with an uncovered terrace, they'll love it, won't they? I bet, yeah. Yeah, they might Lashing do. Down, but, you know, and again, it's one of, you know, on the pitch, it's one of those things where, yeah, they're top of the championship, but they're going to be so focused on... Yeah promotion and given their you know the rumors about their financial situation um 
you know, pretty urgent need to get promotion, I would have thought, and get back to the Premier League when you've been spending that amount of cash. Um, yeah, I think, you know, they might take their eye off the ball. And, yeah, uh, yeah I think, you know, I think it's a good draw for us. A bit disappointing. It's I... not on the telly, truth be told. Yeah, well, as you say, it's um, it's all the Premier League games, isn't it? Surprise, surprise <laughs> in the... Uh... FA in the FA Cup third round, Man United can't play a game without being on the tally. <laughs> it's, so, it's so frustrating, isn't it? Because there's, uh, you know, there's us, there's Kidderminster, there's some non-league teams. Playing. Chesterfield, Chesterfield at Chelsea. Yeah. yeah. Instead, we've Would got Leeds and fucking West Ham. Yeah, and Man United Villa is United it? Villa on the Monday. Yeah, I, think, I mean, uh, if United against Villa was on regular Premier League weekend. I can't imagine that they'd be screaming for that one to be on the tally, would they? No. But just because it's in the FA Cup. I wonder if it's the Steven Gerrard effect. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Who knows? But maybe. yeah, I think it's a good draw. Shame it's not on telly, but... Um... So what's Bournemouth's financial predicament then? With their sponsor, I sure I would have thought they've got lots of money. Ah, the MSP Capital Derby. That's what, is that what MSP we're going to call it? MSP Capital Derby, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, what is it the uh, the loan that they've given uh, CB Leisure or Scott Priestnell for the club is due for repayment? I think before they before they turn up. So yeah, I'm sure it will be sorted. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm not 100 percent certain, but I think I remember reading about Bournemouth because of you know their outgoings from being in the Premier League, and then the lack of. I think, how long have they been out of the Premier League now? This will be their second season? Yeah, second season, So the season, parachute yeah. payments are less, but they still add like a high wage bill and all that sort of stuff. They, um, right. And they've got Scott, um, I was going to say Scott Priest now as manager. They've got Scott Parker as manager. Scott, Scott e, P. Scott E. Scott Parker. E. Scott, Scott Parker, yeah. Yeah. They've got him as manager, haven't they? So he was obviously... Well, a Premier League manager with Fulham, wasn't he? And yeah. Won't, will be on a pretty penny, I'd imagine. But yeah, I, I think it'd be a good game. Like you say, I think they'll bring a few. They haven't been to us for a long time, have they? Although we obviously did play each other in the in the league days. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah we sort of be. bypassed each other as well, didn't we? As we went down from the championship, Yeah, they went up to the championship. Yeah. So we sort of on the downward while they were on the... Well, did they upward. not win the league the season we won the playoffs? Did they win League One the season we won the playoffs? I had a feeling they did, but I could be wrong. I could have I that wrong. I don't think so. Oh, right. Maybe, maybe we didn't play them in that 2000. Let's, Let's make season. sure. We're here. Yeah. We've I do computers. remember going to Bournemouth because it was always, uh, it was one of the few games. My, my parents and my sister live in Bournemouth. So I remember being down there for Christmas one year and I took my partner along to see, um, uh, to see us play at Bournemouth. And he's a Preston North End fan, so he's usually long-suffering as it is. But he, uh, we got Wallop 4-0 there. And that was, I think that was, that might have been a, a season when, maybe it was the season before we went up. It was around that time, I think. So 14-15. Yeah. They, they won League One. They won, no, they won the championship. Okay. So they were in the. They didn't. Did they come up from the champion from League One when we came up from when, League One? When we 12, went 13. No, I think when we went down. Okay. So when they we went up. down from the championship, which was thirteen fourteen, wasn't it? We mm-hmm. went down and then they went up. 
and then so we, we did pass each other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, I think that's a good draw. I'm happy with it. I think it'll be it'll be good. I mean, you wanted a nice northern away, away day. Time. <laughs> I did. I was. I'd have taken a London away day. Yeah. But I um. But yeah, it would have been. It would have been nice. But there we go. It's um. It just it just delays my opportunity to see Yeovil again because the eighth was supposed to be Wilston away, which I would have been able to go to because again it's London and it's pretty easy to get to from here. So yeah, I I, I don't know what comes what comes next for me, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, replay at Bournemouth won't be it. I promise you that. Yeah, Christmas is all a bit down south, isn't it? Um, yeah, very much down south. Yeah, and then in other cup news. Cheddar in the Somerset Premier Cup. Yeah, go online to see Ben's uh, cheese-related puns. <laughs> Jake Farrant, obviously, from the Green and Whites, in truly t- typical and predictable style, had been on to me straight away. Have you got your tickets for Cheddar? I'm more excited about Cheddar than I am about Bournemouth. I've never been to Cheddar's ground. Gave me all of that he did. So, uh, yeah. He's, uh, so, Jake's looking forward to it, even if no one else is. No, and yeah, so the quadruple's still on there. Uh, yeah. And then, of course, next Saturday, we play yeah. Woking in the FA Trophy at home and kids go free, which is yeah. that's exciting. I'm going to take Freddie. It's going to be Freddie's uh, yeah. first game, first game of football. Uh, How yeah. long do you think he'll last? Uh, I don't know, 10 minutes. Before he starts singing, give the ball to Reed and he'll score. <laughs> <laughs> we won't judge him on his goals, he'll shout. No, exactly. Yeah. Don't judge Reuben on his goals, yeah. He's a wise lad. He's yeah. a wise lad. All oh, right. Yeah, under 16s, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Yeah, and, and adults are a tenner. Yeah. And concessions are fiver. Not that I'm giving out the price list, but I think it's just have. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's it. So it's going to be a cheap day. Hopefully yeah. it'll be a good game of football as well. Yeah, yeah. We've already got one up on, uh, on Woking, haven't we? So they'll come with a renewed sense of purpose, maybe. Yeah, the Tavon Campbell Derby. Be nice, Tavonico. <laughs> Steve Thompson Derby. Yeah, yeah there's a few that we've had. The Patmore played Patmore there, Derby. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it'd be nice to go quite far in the trophy, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, we said at the beginning, didn't we? Which uh, which competition would you like to do best in? And I'm sure I said something about you know win, winning the trophy. And I think you and Ben both said, uh, "I want to win this league because." Um, we need to get out of it as quick as we can, yeah. which is a fair comment as well. Yeah, it would be nice to go for fond days at Villa Park and all that, wasn't it? It was a yeah, yeah, heck of a day. So yeah, it would be yeah. nice. Um, the semi-finals against Burton that year as well. I remember being quite good. They were a good side that year. Yeah, they, it was when they Nigel Clough the first time round. I think. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, they were a good. They were a good side. Yeah, so that was a good. At a program because we played them away, didn't we? Was it away yeah. and home? I've got the the program. Yeah, yeah, we from, played um, two legs, didn't we? Yeah, got the program from the away game somewhere. Yeah, very good. There you go. And then the uh, price of footballs. Uh, Kieran Maguire, football yeah. finance guru, has been uh, um, digging <laughs> digging into CV Leisure and. Uh, yeah, and uh, any any company owned by um, our chairman, Mr. Scott Priestnell, he's been uh, he's been taking a look at, hasn't he, and throwing up some. And, and I think we've a lot of us have probably seen a lot of these things, but just none of us really understood what they um what they meant. Um, 
and we have we had it is one of the questions that we we got sent actually what did you think of this um price of football podcast now i'll confess i haven't actually listened to it um did you, did you listen to it yeah i listened to it this morning yeah 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 um i mean i think you know that the 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 podcast it was interesting what he said it's all a lot about you know the relationship of with between the trust and between the club and uh he sort of alluded to the uh football report that had been released by Tracy Crouch and the government and how it would be good to have various aspects that they suggested um you know come into play at Yeovil Town uh and what else was it oh just the the mysterious accounting loss of 4.2 yeah. million written off which is um or not written off that's probably the wrong word but company just... originally reported profits of 4.2 million but after discover- discovering errors this turned into a loss of 286,000 and there was an equally bizarre thing that uh, people picked up on as well about Libazon holdings yeah um which featured in the original I think they called a mini accounts or mini statement that appeared on company's house mm. and their name was on it talking about how these accounts have been prepared for inspection now i couldn't figure out from reading it whether it was libazon inspecting cv leisure's accounts or cv leisure but anyway people put two and two together and, th- and then they resubmitted the accounts which appeared a couple of days ago early this week and they're nowhere there to be seen <laughs> yeah so, well i don't know if you've seen um uh cucumber gordon i think he's called on twitter had my favorite s- um yeah <laughs> salad analyst yeah had said that he'd got in touch with um i believe the accounting firm or or some okay. part of it and basically they'd cocked up it was a copy and paste error where <laughs> where they um you know libazon obviously used the same accountants as cv leisure and they've copied and pasted the <laughs> same bit of text without replacing uh the words so it should have read cv leisure but didn't so nippers and holdings yeah so yeah. that was like a storm in a teacup that you know got everyone panicked but you know that could have been quite easily clarified couldn't it yeah that'd be very yeah. easy to publicly say this is who yeah these people have nothing to do with this anything. is an administrative yeah, error please relax yeah. yeah um but you know might so. have stretched the statement to over 1500 <laughs> words but um we could have forgiven that you know for a bit of uh, a bit of clarity but yeah so now we uh yeah the um well we we, we wait and see there seems to be various other posts coming out from uh Kieran Maguire, Haddonfield, Illinois, according to his Twitter. Anyway, I'm not sure if he is actually based there, but um, yeah, yeah, I think his tweet. Much. You know, I th- the podcast bit was was good. I think he, it sounds like he wants to do a sort of deeper dive and have a discussion about things. Um, yeah. But his tweets definitely at Kieran Maguire. If you follow him on Twitter, um, yeah, we've retweeted quite a lot of them. He's yeah, um, I- He's um he's put a lot on about the South End chairman as well, Ron Martin. Yeah. Um and their Shrimpers Trust criticizing him as not fit or proper. Um so yeah. I have set up there's a post on the website with 
the on our website. Yeah, on our website, I'm sort of just putting all the tweets related okay. to uh, Yeovil what Town in there. Um, I did right. enjoy the Scooby Doo <laughs> mystery <laughs> drop. Yeah. CV Leisure also has a mortgage charge over the stadium from MSP Capital. Bournemouth sponsors as previously mentioned yeah. company described as venture debt which gives specialized lending this seems more mysterious than mysterious girl by Peter Andre and perhaps needs <laughs> Scooby-Doo and friends to solve hashtag zoinks <laughs> always always good to see the word zoinks used in public discourse isn't it yes it is but um yeah I think you know speaking for myself I got no idea about you know this type of stuff. Um, but I do listen to the Price of Football podcast and it's a good listen in that it makes this very dry topic um, quite understandable and um, makes it a little bit entertaining because this Kevin Day, who's a comedian, he's on it as well. Um, so he's like the layman, like you and I, who don't really understand what's being <laughs> talked about, but... Um, Kieran does a good job of explaining this type of stuff, and and yeah, I think if you look at his tweets, you'll he raises a lot of red flags. Um, so yeah, a good. Well, listen. I think if I know Kevin Day, oh, I do. He isn't he on the BBC as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, where have I seen him? Has he done like BBC Sport things? Yeah, I think he he's a Crystal Palace fan, so I think he might uh, get. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trotted out. Oh, there you go. Yeah, he was he was a regular on Match of the Day too. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a Crystal oh. Palace fan, and Kieran's a yeah, Brighton he, he, fan. So they um, right. Oh right. <laughs> they have a bit of a clash about that back and forth. But yeah, um, interesting. And I think from a Yeovil Town supporter's perspective, to have this uh, type of person in Kieran going into the details and flagging this stuff is you know it's good for good for us as supporters because we don't really have anyone who you know this, this is like a national media person really the podcast is very popular um this will get a lot of attention and you know hopefully raise some awareness to the situation that is going on at our club whether yeah, things and like you work. say, you can you can look at these things and not understand them and misinterpret them. You can misinterpret things to be bad when they might not be that bad, or or things that you just think, well, I just don't understand that, and then just let it wash over you. I mean, if you don't understand, then that you know a little knowledge can be dangerous, can't it? So I think having someone who does know what they're talking about and looking at it can only be um, a positive thing for supporters to understand what the situation is which we'd welcome. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you, Kieran. Yeah. And let's keep, our, keep an eye out for some more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the further he, the further he digs. <laughs> worried what he's going to find. Well, someone might be worried what he's going to find anyway. Yeah. Well, they, you know, they, they, well, they, they built, uh, to be fair, they built Hewish Park pretty well, didn't they? So the foundation, foundations are very solid, I'd imagine. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Got a long way to dig to get all the way down them. Although you do need wellies to walk around the back of the Thatcher's stand. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bloody, is it? Yeah, it was horrific on Saturday. Yeah. It was, yeah, puddles everywhere, mud everywhere. Uh, yeah, just a real state. So, 
yeah, if you're going on Saturday to the barn game and it's raining, just wear your wellies. Galoshes. Yeah, I'm sure there's not a shortage of wellies in Somerset. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Barnet on Saturday. Yeah. Got my Jordan ticket. Jordan and F- FC, hopefully. Well, hopefully Jordan, yeah. Yeah, um, hopefully Jordan. I've had, a, I've had a chat with Mem from Bees Pod, who's becoming a bit of a go-to Barnet chat on the um, Glovers cast. He's good value as always, and we started by talking about our favourite person, Mr. Harry Kuehl. So I'm delighted to welcome Mem back from Bees Pod to talk to us about the situation at Barnet. Welcome back to the Glovers Cast, Mem. Thanks for thanks for inviting me back. I always always have fun chatting to you. It's uh it's always a good it's always a good podcast. It is. There's always something going on with our clubs, isn't there? So um, oh, you'd never. If it's not us, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the most interesting thing that our supporters would want to hear about is the demise of Harry Kuehl. So you won't know this. But uh, back in the mid-2000s, we, we played Liverpool in an FA Cup tie and uh, Harry Kuehl took to the ground rather easily and won a penalty for Liverpool and ended up, you know, it, it was 2-0 in the end but knocked us out of the cup. And ever since then, he has been known as a diving C-word um, and, you know, is not well-loved at Yeovil Town. I think some fans were probably quite looking forward to welcoming him, uh, in the loosest sense of the <laughs> word, to Hewish Park, but... Yeah, alas, he lasted a few games and was given the boot. What what happened with Harry? Well, it sounds to me like you've got a very similar relationship with uh, Cure that we have with Ollie Watkins when he was at Brentford and he was a diving sea next Tuesday. <laughs> um, and uh, so, so yeah, we I definitely. So, so you know, your version of Ollie Watkins um, and Harry Kill was an absolute disaster and was quite possibly one of the worst coaches I've ever I've ever seen at Barnet, and and that's saying something. Um, he, I, I, I as, as as so obviously just a bit of background for Yeovil fans who don't know me, but um, but myself and Ian, who we run Bees Pod together, we're both actually qualified coaches, and we had sat there and we would we would watch a game and we'd look at it and say this setup and the way we're playing, the patterns of play, everything is so amateurish and I'm shocked we were shocked that a professional coach could put a team out like that and we both were having to bite our tongues in our podcasts because we didn't want to come across as overtly negative but both of us were like how's how long can this go on for well it lasted about seven games because I think the I think the chairman realized that or somebody you know had realized that Harry Kill was quite possibly one of the worst coaches ever um <laughs> amateurish like literally pub football-esque um so we got a shot of him and um, and dean brennan who was the head of football has stepped in um, and has done an amazing job so far we are currently top of the form table but we are on a run of form that we've it's, it's been exceptional i mean in the last six games i think it's we've won five and lost one and that, and that game as well was shocking referee in that game at wildstone so um we are, you know, coming to come. We come to Hewish Park with a lot of confidence. Yeah, and I think um, on on Brennan. So Brennan was brought in as the head of football, wasn't he? Um, do you yeah. think? Do you think? 
Do you think it was always the plan? It feels like it feels like a bit of a safety net if the Harry Kuehl experiment went wrong. You always had someone with a bit of management experience there to step in if needed. Well, the interesting thing is, I mean, obviously, I, I've interviewed, I interviewed the chairman before he made this um, uh, appointment, and the chairman had a had this situation where he's fed up of constantly having to pay up, pay off essentially a manager and his assistant, and or whoever the or whoever the coach the coach brings in with them. And he said, the feeling was is that. I want experts in each position and I don't want all this tu- this turnaround of staff. So it would be a case of manager comes, coach comes in, doesn't do well, but works with an infrastructure. And essentially what he was trying to do is he's trying to um, replicate the model you see it. You've seen at Swansea and you see it loads of, you know, very properly, like good functioning football clubs yeah. where they, ha- they have a continuity and the direct football oversees, you know, the, the, transition from players coming in out of the youth team set up or the under 23s and coming into the first team and observes that and also keeps an eye on players deals with agents and essentially lets the coach coach um so he already said that that was his plan but i know for a fact that um from talk well not for a fact but i know from talking to people that dean brennan interviewed for the job around the time that we interviewed i think it was tim flowers and Tim Flowers is another disaster, but that's another story. Yeah, I think we um, spoke about him. The last time we spoke, you'd, you'd said about that, I think, about Dean Brennan. And, and you'd said that you thought he was talks about him coming in. Yeah, there was. Yeah. So it was really close to coming in. But the problem or the sticking point was that Dean um, Brennan really likes recruiting a player. He really loves doing the holes, finding a player. He gets a big kick out of that. And I think what's happened is, is that that's stuck in in our chairman's mind, this is my, this is obviously me speculating, but I think it's quite close to probably what happened. The chairman is in his head has got, has thought hmm, that Dean Brennan likes to find a player. And at one point, and I've forgotten his name now, but he's ended up at Walsall, uh, Jamie Fullerton. So Jamie Fullerton actually was our director of football for over the summer. Um, and, and I think the chairman really appreciated that having that kind of director level next to him who can make them decisions and who can who's got footballing uh, mind and but Jamie decided that he wanted to go to Walsall because it was close to home and 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 so I think he decided that maybe Dean Brennan could do that role and then he'd get like a coach like a proper coach in and so he because he'd already interviewed Harry Q in the past for other jobs I think he stuck in his mind about that so I can he tried to put this kind of marriage unlikely marriage together mm. and I think for most people it was kind of like Realistically, the director of football needs to be one, I think, employing the coach, not the chairman. Yeah. But it, they're kind of just shoved together. And it was quite clear that, you know, that from what, what you sort of, you've seen with Dean Brennan's done since Kuehl's got sacked, it's clear that Dean Brennan was essentially biding his time because he knew that basically Kuehl would hang himself. Um, and so from that perspective, and then Dean Brennan's come in and, and the club has recently reiterated that we're not sure, you know, that as, as it stands, we're going to keep it as it stands. And Dean Brennan will be the, you know, temp, temporary coach, but he's still the director of football. Okay. Um, so I think essentially it's, it's like an old school manager model, but I yeah. think the club still wants to hang on to that just in case Dean Brennan doesn't do well. He can stay upstairs and then somebody can come in and coach. Okay. Okay. So um, that's a very long-winded answer, but it, there's a lot of information in there, which actually is quite important in the context. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so form's good. I think we're probably both up there in the form table, really, because we didn't lose in November. Um, oh, yeah. We had a heck of a run, and obviously we're off the back of uh, knocking out Stevenage in the FA Cup. Yay. Um, 
So we're <laughs> yeah, you don't like Stevenage, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Local rivals, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, so that was a good uh, that was a, a good game. Um, so he's got you playing. What 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 sort of style is he putting? I think the last time you had a bit of a, a back three with defenders who couldn't really defend when we we trounced you at your place. Yes. No. Well, the back we're playing back four now. But we're playing essentially. A, Four two three one stroke four three three. Um, but I think the key to it is is that we've got some big players are playing, so they're they're, they're starting to that they're coming they've come into some real big form. So Ephraim Mason Clark has been has been sort of essentially has been hinting at these kind of performances for two or three years. He's he's twenty one now, I think he is, and he's he's at that point in his career where he needs to push on. And this and this season he has been unplayable at times. Um, He's got every. He's got. I mean, he's got all the ability in the world. I mean, he played against Sheffield United in the FA Cup. I think two seasons ago, maybe, and absolutely destroyed them. Um, you know, and this was you know Sheffield United in the Prem at the time. So he or coming up to the Prem, though, I think they were they were top of the table. But he was. So he's had that ability in his. You know, he's always had that ability. But this season, he's really, really like he's just like I said, he's unplayable at the moment. He's powerful. He's quick. Goes past players. He's now scoring goals. Um, and then we also we we had this very um, shrewd and shrewd recruitment. We got Rob Hall, who used to be at Oxford, very talented um, wide player, lovely left foot, and he scored two absolute bangers, which have been um, you know uh, since he's been at the club. Um, he came with an injury record, so we're managing his we're managing his his minutes, but he has got tons of ability, and those two are really stepping up. And there are two wide guys, um, Adam Marriott, um, who's about front. We got from Eastleigh. He's starting to score goals, so our top front three are really starting to perform now, um, which has been a problem for a little while to get some people to get some you know get some goals in the team. Um, so yeah, the team is, and it's starting to look solid. It's starting to look really, you know, we we still concede goals, but not we're not conceding like kind of bucket loads like we were before. Uh, and, and you know, and to be fair, this, the weekend's performance was our first clean sheet in ages. But we're just winning games. We're, okay. we're beating. We're, you know, we're, we're we're scoring goals now. Yeah, it sounds like we're sort of at opposite ends a little bit in that we are super resilient defensively. Um, great goalkeeper. We've got a, a we've got a steady back four with two, well, two or three in midfield. So there's usually two sort of sitting, blocking, um, and doing a lot of that sort of defensive side. Um, but our problem has been really putting teams away and scoring, you know, scoring more than one goal really. So, um, yeah, that that's sort of the last couple of the last couple of weeks have been a little bit more promising with us going forward so as the season's gone on we've, we've got a little bit better with our attacking play but defensively you know we've we've we kept the clean sheet against the league club at the weekend we've seen off Bromley at their place we've seen off Dagenham and Redbridge um and everyone's gonna cuss me for forgetting the other team we beat that's up there but we've we've done a really good job the last few weeks against teams that that are above us and you wouldn't have thought we'd be getting results against. I mean, yeah. I mean, some of them teams you've listed, there's been some good teams amongst them. Yeah. Yeah. And now obviously we've got a nice, a nice cup draw against Bournemouth in the third round. 
Um, well, that'd be good because because it's quite relatively close for you guys, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. So we're at home, um, close by, and you know, I think the optimist in me says, you know, they're going to have a bit of a focus on the championship because they're second in the championship at the moment, and they might take their eye off the ball in the FA Cup, and you know, we're famous for giant killing. So fingers crossed. That's- amazing yeah there's a there's a bit of optimism crept in which is which is nice on the pitch anyway um was there anything else you think is you know important for yerbal fans to note at the weekend any any uh other bits on your side i don't know really i mean i'm looking thinking about it and, and as a team as a team there's a lot of this good mixture of youth in our team it's there's some experience um some height in places um I think realistically, I think you know if you guys have been on, if you it's it can be quite interesting to see because obviously with us now starting to, you know we're we're scoring some goals, um, and we're sort of we need to we need to tighten up at the back. But on the flip side, you're sort of the they're sort of almost like the mirror image of our team. Um, it suggests to me that this could be quite an interesting, um, could either be a stalemate or could be you know quite an interesting. Um, battle of wills, really. Yeah, it, it so. sounds. It sort of sounds like you're kind of just about figuring out where you are under under Brennan and, and sort of what you know what the shape of the team is you know gonna be. So this might be a little bit of a benchmark game where we both sort Different. of find out you know what we are because yeah. we've we've beaten teams above us. But I think now we need to start getting you know getting past teams that. are below us and showing that yeah we could make a run for the playoffs we could make a run up the league because we're putting away teams you know with all due respect teams that are further down the table yeah no I know I know what you mean I think it'd be interesting to want to see whether or not um how you how your your team approaches it because I think I, I, I would hazard a guess your manager is not going to make the silly area of looking at the table and and you know and sort of make an assumption I, I, I appreciate that people do scout reports and stuff these days but you know, if you've got players in your side that haven't are not really not ones to sort of keep an eye on what's going on around them, uh, they'd, they'd be very easy for them to make a what's called to make an assumption that um, that, that oh, it's only mid-table Barnet mm. because at the moment we're on we've got we're we're on player form at the moment, um, so there's there's every chance we could come in you know start coming into that group of teams very soon if we carry on our run, so. I think I think if, if I think what Yeovil essentially need to do is if they if they want to be successful at the weekend is they need to approach the game as if they are playing a, a team near the top of the table, yeah. uh, and not and not and not make the assumption that we are a mid-table team because now because at the moment we're not and we've got some very good players in our team. Um, when we when we signed them earlier in the season, we actually were quite optimistic because we looked and thought, well, these guys we've got some guys with some very good, um, some very good pedigree. So we've got, like, for instance, at centre-back, we've got Jamie Turley, who's won this league with Leighton Orient. Um, we have um, we have a good centre-back on loan from Bolton this season, uh, Greenwich, who's been very good, very strong, big, six-foot-plus, six-foot-six, I think he is. We've got uh, a left-back, Sam Beard, who was in the Dorking side, which was which did very well um, in recent seasons. Um, and he, he's stepped up to this level, and I think he'll step up another level if... Um, if we don't go up, he'll step up, I think, with another club. 
We've got Keir Fanny about Crystal Palace under 23s. He's been very good, very good talent. He's a talented player. Like I said, I've told you about Efron, Rob Hole, but also Dan Daniel Powell, who used to be at Crew. So he is a he's a Division One player, um, but he's had injuries and he's just coming into the side um, after an injury, you know. But if he gets a run of games, Daniel Powell's a very good player. Um, so we've got some really good players um, in our side. We've got some very good. We've got we've got a lot of match winners now, and that's and that's you know that's noticeable. The people people are players are stepping up when they're needed to. So we've won quite a lot of games two one, but. We've got people who in the side who can change a match in a in a second now. Yeah. So, so yeah, there is. So I would suggest that you know Yeovil approach the game as don't look at the table, but look at the you know look at the look at the run we've been on. And so we've been stuck Stockport within this run as well, even up near the top, one yeah. of the sort of money bags teams in this division. So there's there's a lot you know there's a lot to be excited about, but at Barnet at the moment in terms of from that perspective. Yeah, the team I was forgetting about was Wrexham. Everyone will be shouting at that. We yeah beat Wrexham two 0 away the other Tuesday yeah, night, which was uh, <laughs> huge, um, as all the Oval fans will know. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it sounds like it's going to be a, a an interesting game. Um, they usually are, but yeah, uh, thank you very much again for joining us on the Glovers Cast to share the uh, <laughs> the bad times of Harry Kuehl. Any any time any time um you know you need um, it's always it's always good to chat to you guys. Much appreciated. Thanks, man. No worries at all. Okay, well that was a a good chat, and it sounds like they've got a decent. Uh, attacking threat at Barnet. Uh, the immovable object meets the unstoppable force. I'm not sure who Barnet have up front, but we'll call uh, who it's to be called. Uh, Josh Daunton, the immovable object. Yeah. Very solid name. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they all are, really, aren't they? Max Fairly Hunt. Immovable, that back line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah I think nice. it'll be, it sounds like it's going to be a good game. Um, Barnet have improved under Dean Brennan since they got rid of Harry Kuehl and you know this isn't the Barnet of last year that were the sort of divisions whipping boys um it's going to be a different different test and it you know it also sounds like a couple of their players their wingers are growing and uh, becoming quite valuable when they were young they weren't so high performing so yeah, yeah. it should be a good if game I, if I remember right Dean Brennan was at Wealdstone wasn't he he was yeah and, what, and in that Second season, we played Wilson, I think, in the second game, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and did and they drew with us when they just come? They came up, didn't they? Yeah, I think it was two-two. I think Charlie Lee handballed yeah. it and gave away a penalty, and but then scored, didn't he as well? Yeah, that game, Charlie Lee, I think. But but yeah, so they were, you know, he had them playing well. Wilson, who were a bit unfashionable, and then obviously after they left, he um. Nah, went through the floor, didn't they? So, yeah. Um, so yeah, he's obviously a good manager. He knows his way around. So it'd be interesting to see him against um, Darren Sala as well. Yeah, a bit of a tactical battle as well, maybe. So yeah, sounds like a good game. And it Are was you going. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they let me in, I've got my ticket. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was fascinating to hear Harry Kuehl get described as a pub manager and one of the worst coaches they've ever seen. Yeah. Did you plant that? 
Did you plant that thought in his head, or did it come naturally to him? Because you're no, <laughs> no fan. Aren't well, I know. I yeah. No, I explained to him about our history with Harry Kuhl. Um Yeah, and we <laughs> I think we both share a dislike for Harry Kuhl, which yeah. is which is always good. I've, I've got a friend who's a Notts County fan who also tells me that Harry Kuhl is a pub manager as well. Maybe not even that good sometimes. So yeah. yeah. I don't think he's highly regarded anywhere he's been, except Crawley. He did quite well at Crawley, didn't he? But he went from Crawley, and I think he did quite well with them in League Two. When Notts County bought him out of his contract for like silly money, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and then he was awful there, and they sacked him before the season was over. So, yeah. Never mind, Harry. Hopefully never he'll mind. Never turn up at Yeovil Town again. Exactly. <laughs> or we'll get Big Hugo there to meet you. Big Hugo. Did you have anything yeah. to add? Oh, we got questions, haven't we? Here I'm going, going off. Let me find uh, some of the questions. We have got some questions, but can I can I uh, say a little uh, a little little thing with regards to the Yeovil Town Community Sports Trust before we go to questions? Yeah, please do. Yeah, of course it is. Not 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 so much a plug, but just um, something. I mean, the Yeovil Town Community Sports Trust is, uh, if anybody doesn't know about it, is the uh, you could probably best describe it as the charitable arm. It's a charity that is connected to Yeovil Town, hence the name. And they do a lot of work. Um, you obviously do the usual things like you know soccer schools and. Um, you know, uh, they they have a lot of um, youth level teams. I think they go from, uh, I can't remember if I get this right now, but something like under sixes, under sevens, all the way up to under 16s. A lot of their players come through that junior Premier League. Toby Stevens was one of them. Um, and there are a few others that are in the, the under 18s team as well. But they also do a lot of work with schools, a lot of work here with, um, with community groups. And I was just reading on their Facebook that they've just finished um, something... Uh, as part of a Premier League Primary Stars Social Action, which I think might date back to funding that was given to us from the Premier League when we were a, a, a league club, but it was uh, it's to do with county lines, which if anybody, I mean, I, I don't claim to be any great knowledge on, on, on county lines, but um, it's uh, sort of drug running i think um yeah. and sort of yeah where, where 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 people sort of use different is it, it borders between counties to try and yeah move so drugs it's, around? it's um yeah a county line is actually a phone line oh, and okay. it is the the drug dealers use that line to get drugs down from the city to rural towns and they um take advantage of you know young children and shower them with gifts and shower them with um, presents and, you know, basically sort of bribe them into becoming drug runners and things like that for them. Um, Wow. Yeah. So, so so yeah, so this, this, this project with um, some year uh, five children at Manor Court Primary School, um, uh, I got them researching into that. Uh, obviously, it's you know it is a big problem in in places like Somerset, um, and uh, yeah, as a as a result of this, the the children researched and discussed and produced their ideas on how they wanted to make a difference, um, and produced a booklet which um, uh, or a booklet was produced that showed the, the the work that they did. So I just wanted to flag that up because, like I said, we you know we give parts of the club a hard time and we give parts of the club lots of credit for you know the good things and and, and, and bad things that they do um the community sports trust is probably not a part of the club that people know as well as they know things connected to the first team but there's some uh you know some really amazing work that they do so i just wanted to give them a shout out so thank you for letting me do that 
My pleasure. Nice work. Nice work. Good work. Community supports trust. We love it. We love it. <laughs> Questions. Questions. We've sort of been hijacked by Tuppence. <laughs> we have, haven't we? Yeah. He's not asking about bulbs, which bulbs we're parting this time out, is he? But no. <laughs> Okay. I did ask something about pubs in Stockport, though, I noticed. Yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about pubs in Stockport. No, I did attend the Pineapple in Stockport. In fact, I think there's two pubs called the Pineapple in Stockport, one of which is closed and the other one should be closed, but it isn't. <laughs> but it's quite close to the ground in a place called Edgeley. And I don't know if you remember when we played there, I posted a picture on Twitter about um, it said um, no sho- uh, shoplifters. <laughs> yeah, shoplifters would not be welcome in this pub. Um, but yeah, literally, uh, I mean, I... Uh, it, 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 um, who was it? It was, uh, I think it might have been Ryan Blatchford or so. I remember someone coming out of the toilet in the pineapple, literally white as a sheet because of what they'd seen in there. It was like, <laughs> I think the wall was something like 87% mould or something oh. like that. So Tuppence's question is, is the pineapple in Stockport the kind of pub you like to drink in or do you prefer spoons in Yeovil? <laughs> Um, so I, I will admit that I more recently drunk in the pineapple in Stockport than I did in Spoons in Yeovil. So um, that probably just tells you the last time I went to Spoons in Yeovil. But um, yeah, and uh, Sweeter has uh, found a place in Tynemouth, is it? Tynemouth. Dicey Riley's. Tynemouth, is it? Tynemouth. Yeah. Dicey Riley's, it's called. For it. So I like the name <laughs> of it, to be fair. But yeah, yeah. Um, he's also asked, what is the biggest naan bread you've ever seen? Uh, I mean, I didn't measure it. I've been to some Indian restaurants where you have, they give you like those trees, don't they? You know, with naan breads hanging off of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or the one you, when, you one get, when you get a takeaway and they come folded up because they're so big as well. Yeah. 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 Maybe. I don't know. A couple of foot by a foot, maybe. <laughs> it's not very big, is it? This is, yeah. I'm sure there are more impressive naan breads in the world. Tell us what yours is, Tuppence. What's the biggest naan bread you've ever yeah. seen? Um, yeah, we, want a, we want a picture. James Drew has asked, what did we think of the price of football pod on Yeovil? Hopefully we've given you an answer to that from our earlier discussion, James. And Don Gibson at Lecter, what's your favourite Yeovil game you've ever seen live? Well, given the man who's asked the question, I'm going to have to say the Nottingham Forest semi-final second leg at the city ground where Dom was famously pictured with his Effie Sodgy headband on. Um, so I'd probably, I'd probably say that it's one. definitely still. a bandana. A bandana, yeah. Yeah, not a headband. Oh, no, it wasn't a headband. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Um, bandana, beg your pardon. What I, about yours? I can't look beyond um, Brentford at Wembley. Yeah. I don't think that was, that was just an amazing day. Um, equally, equally unexpected, I would say. Yeah, and you yeah. know, Sheffield, you know, Sheffield United. The game before was an amazing yeah. day. Um, what would be the game you would say you've just seen us just play a team off the pitch, just completely, just you know, blow a team away? Or the best performance that you think? I, I, I remember one where I think it was like in in the first coming of Gary Johnson, we beat Southport. I think it was six nil at Jewish Park. Denver, I think Denver, Denver scored, scored a hat trick. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Those days where you just think, you know, this team's just far. Yeah. There's, there's yeah. No, no, you know, it's far, a complete and utter mismatch. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember those games. Um, 
ones more recently. <laughs> I don't Not know. so many more recently. Not so many more recently, but I'm thinking more recently than 2003 or 2002, I think that was. Um, yeah, yeah, that would have been. When I was talking with Mickey Engel and Alfred Forrington about when they reminded me of when at Sutton United when yeah. that season when we went up, we beat Sutton United three 0 and we were just just so you know it was three 0 but we were just far too good for them and at the time I think Sutton were you know they were in like fourth or fifth but we were just yeah just blew teams away that season but um yeah did we anyway I'm trying to think was there oh, I don't know. Not anyway. sure. I'm trying to think of any. Um, there's, there's, you know, days when we beat like Bristol City at home, or mm. you know, those those type of games. But yeah, I think the one that stick out for me. I mean, Millwall away. It was amazing to see that our first game in the mm. Championship. We didn't particularly yeah. blow them away, but no, the way we, um, yeah, that that was a a really special day. Yeah. Well, that one. if listeners can think of any any games they remember where they just seen us play a team off the park completely, let us know. Drop us a tweet or a uh, or a Facebook post or something. Let us know. A question from the OG Paddy Horsington has been yeah. a, a lot more views of the Glover's Cast website this week <laughs> in hope of some takeover news. We did have a peak, didn't we? we Sometime had a peak. around Monday. <laughs> peak on Monday, yeah. Sunday into Monday, I think did quite well, yeah. Yeah, can't think but, um, Yeah, other than that, been quite quiet, Paddy. Um, yeah. Rich Wilcox Smith, as a supporter of both Yeovil and Bournemouth, what, what are your opinions on half and half scarves? Yes, I will be in the Thatchers for the cup game. So, so he's a supporter of both Yeovil and Bournemouth. Yeah. That's what he's saying. Yeah. Right, he's not accusing us of being that. No. no. Uh, I, I have no time for half an hour scars, and I don't. I think we should be banned from football completely, yeah. especially when you go to like, you know, Liverpool and Everton or Man City or, or Tottenham and Arsenal. You know, anyone who turns up to a half an hour scar to a to a derby in particular. Not that I'd say Bournemouth is a derby. Um, should be you know, driven out of the game. I think. There you go, Rich. I mean, I'm I'm struggling. Maybe you can you can tell us why. Um, you can tell us why you're a fan of both Yeovil and Bournemouth, but I sort of feel like we, you know, we we were always quite similar level for a long time. We were always playing each other a lot in the football league back in the day, weren't we? We never really, you know, and for a long time we were higher than they were. Yeah. Um, how do you square that, sir? Yeah. How Rich, do you? Come on. <laughs> Come on, Rich, explain to us. Explain yourself, man. Uh, maybe he maybe he lives in Bournemouth. I don't know. Maybe he lives in Bournemouth, but he's originally from Yeovil. Yeah, maybe. maybe. You could you could forgive him for something like that, couldn't you? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I can't see any other questions on the list unless you've got um, some. No, I don't think there is. Uh no. Oh, Another one from Toppen, so I don't really understand something about the Saints marching in and setting things on fire. But um, yeah, not really sure what that's all about. But um, and then there's a nice comment from uh, uh, from Chris Fox. Not a question, just to thank, uh, just to thank you to all three of you. I think that's us and a certain Mr. Watts. I'm guessing that's Elliot, but there's lots of Wattses in Yeovil, so it could be any of them. Um, you know what for the pods have gotten not. Uh, 
Sorry, I'm messing this up, Foxy. I apologise. The pods have gotten not just me, but probably many people through tough times to so keep up the great work. Well, thank you, Foxy. I think it's probably got us through some tough times as well, <laughs> talking to each other. Definitely. And quite conscious of all the stuff that's, you know, going on again now, working from home and all that type of stuff. So if ever anyone wants to have a chat, send a message, feel yeah. free. We're always open to a chat and obviously if you want to come on the quiz foxy you know he's been on hasn't he yeah he can come back on though well um yeah all right well we'll see we'll see i'll uh uh, we we haven't you against this idea are you against this idea i'm I'm not against chris fox but there's people there's other people out there that i know i've got a list i've got a list of i've got i've got four people lined up for the next four weeks oh blimey um, yeah, go. yeah. So there will be there will be a few. But, we have to um, work out how we're going to do this over Christmas, aren't we? How the calendar falls. Yeah, that's we'll... a good point, actually. <laughs> yeah, we might have to we might have to rearrange our uh, our Thursday uh, Sunday uh, recording dates, mightn't we? But um, there yes, you go. listeners, we're already thinking about Christmas and how we're going to do a podcast. There you um, go. But yes, yeah, get in touch if you ever want to. Um, if you yeah. ever feel the need to. Because we're quite happy it's to It's I Perky, it's Ben Barrett 10, and it's Coatsy Boy with an E. If you spell it without an E, you will get through to an angry man in Canada. I think I've told this story before, haven't I? <laughs> you've uh, man in Canada, C O A T S I E B O I. He's got anger management problems. <laughs> Once subscribed my dad to like all this sort of like spam emails because he dared to send an email to him. <laughs> That's amazing. Maybe he's cut. Yeah, That's maybe he's amazing. chilled out a bit now. Well, don't upset the angry man in Toronto, that's for sure. Okay, yeah. No. The Canadians are always pretty calm, aren't they? I thought they were. You'd have thought. Maybe he'd been on a bit too much maple candy before he did and just went into a yeah, into a rage. I don't know. Talking about Yeah, exactly. Hey. Right. Um speaking of quiz. You were gonna do you were gonna do a Canadian accent then, weren't you? <laughs> I was, eh? Oh is that it, was it? <laughs> I'm not your buddy, guy. <laughs> It's just based on South Park. Yeah, it, I'm or... not your guy, buddy. <laughs> there you go. We can maybe we could right. get the real versions of that in. Um, yeah. Speaking of quiz. Look, guy, we have to stay strong. If you don't stand with your fellow Canadians, then you are a rat. Don't call me a rat, buddy. I'm not your buddy, friend. He's not your friend, guy. I'm not your guy, buddy. He's not your buddy, friend. I'm not your friend, guy. Okay, so we're back, and it's the only way to close out this podcast with the quiz. Now, as anyone who's been listening carefully for the last few weeks will know, Ed Turnbull has been doing rather well at these quizzes, but unfortunately, or fortunately maybe for tonight's contestants, he is halfway up a French mountain this week. This goes a long way to get away from Michael Cleverly, and we've brought him back. We felt so sorry about him not getting any points last week that we brought him back for another attempt. So, Michael, welcome back to the Glover's cast well thank you it's nice to be back i think hopefully absolutely well we'll see if uh, how, how you get on this time and uh, yeah your opponent tonight is uh, another well-known face on uh, yeovil town social media welcome mr craig mccann hello there there we go right so it's mccann versus cleverly in yeovil town who am i rules go as you've probably heard i will read you a little potted history of a yeovil town player uh if you're if you shout out a wrong answer i will keep you out for one paragraph and i'll bring you back in again first one uh to get to two best of best of three we got the rules gents all good 
Has there ever been a nil-nil before or not? Is there what? Ever been a nil-nil before? There's never been a nil-nil, but it's, <laughs> it's a possibility, go. yeah. We Sports did, fans, be ready. There's only two times in the history of this quiz, not that it's that long running, that someone hasn't got a player before about the halfway through. And Isaiah McLeod last week did it. But I did get some stick for, for making them a bit too difficult. You know, crap strikers who didn't uh, score for us. <coughs> not, a good, not a good category. So, There's a lot of them are you able to yeah, exactly. There is. There is. Well, tonight we have got a theme again, and the theme is Gary's winners and Gary's losers. So the next three players that I'm going to read out to you have all been promoted and relegated under the stewardship of a certain Mr. Gary Johnson. <clears throat> so here we go. I was born in Leeds in March 1986 and made my football debut as a 17-year-old for York City. Who went, uh, and I went on to play two seasons for the, in the conference for them, signing a professional contract in July 2006. I made my four appearances in the 2006-07 season and following that requested to be released, contemplating finishing football and enrolling in university. But I decided against quitting and actually signed for Harrogate Town in 2007 and was registered for two teams that season, also turning out for Whitby in the Northern Premier League. Having made just 12 appearances for both clubs, I ended up moving to the Czech Republic in the summer of 2007 and played two Byron seasons. Webster. Byron Webster is the right answer, yes. Come on, Clips. Put yourself <laughs> together, man. I went for Millwall. I went for you to Millwall on that one. Yeah, I was get I was I was getting to Millwall. I was getting to Millwall. There is a there is a carrot behind uh, Mike on his camera. It does look a bit <laughs> like Byron Webster, to be the honest with you. <laughs> yeah, the carrot cruncher. Right. Okay. One nil to McCann. Number two. I was born in Gloucester on Halloween 1990, and as an eight-year-old joined the youth setup at Aston Villa. I spent three years... Joe before... Edwards. Joe Edwards is oh, the no, right no. answer. He's no, straight no. in there. Blimey. <laughs> Cleverly. You've only, they, they, there's one more. You've got one to, to try and gain a bit of credibility here. This is... It's Ali McLeod. <laughs> it's not Sally McLeod. I'm afraid it's not. No, no, no. Do you want to hear the third one? Oh, God, no. It's either going to be a whitewash or you'll pull one back. (laughs) Okay. I was born in Accra, Ghana, in May 1990. But my family moved to London when I was nine years old, and I grew up on the same London housing estate as Carlton Cole. Like him, I joined Chelsea's youth team at a young age, and at 11 years, um, and, and then I went on to become captain of the youth team, signing a professional contract with Chelsea in 2007. In November 2009, I made my first league appearance on loan at Dagenham and Redbridge, uh, uh, and having joined for a month, I was extended for a second month, um, and scored twice in eight appearances at Victoria Road. In 2010, I was allowed to leave Chelsea on a free transfer and joined Peterborough United, then managed by Gary Johnson, who described me as a strong lad and a quality player and highlighted that although I was not the biggest, you're a fine one to talk, Gary, I I could play at right back, left back, midfield and centre half. Having arrived in July 2010, I was a regular for Gary, making 16 appearances until he's sacking the, the start of November. And it quickly became clear my face did not fit a London road with Gary's replacement, Darren Ferguson. Gary then moved on to Northampton and I was one of his first signings. Not Nathan Ralph, but that's not a bad shout. 
That's not a bad shout. Right, Clev, so you got, you got a couple of paragraphs here to, to pull yourself back in. So I was signing on loan, playing 12 times for, Pink, uh, for Northampton at the end of the 2010-11 season in League Two. The following season, I played the first six games before rupturing a cruciate ligament in a 3-0 win at AFC Wimbledon, which put me out for the season, during which time Gary got the boot and I was released again at the end of the campaign. Craig, you're back in now. Guess where, guess where I went next? You got it, Oval Town, where Gary signed me again um, as the Glovers made it into the championship. But I only featured three times in the season they were relegated, so not my fault, right? Uh, I didn't get off to the best of starts in the following season, getting sent off in a 2-1 Capital One Cup defeat at home to Gillingham on my first appearance of that campaign. But I did make 30 appearances as the Oval nosedived out of the Football League and into League Two. Following my second relegation, I was released from Hewis Park and joined League Two rival Newport County, where I stayed a year before making 12 appearances and eventually dropping into the non-league. First, I had two seasons at Maidstone United and then three years at Maidenhead United before signing for Dover Athletic this summer, only to sit out on a return to Hewis Park for the one-all draw recently through suspension. Yeovil Town, who am I? Go on, McCann, you have one guess. I'll leave it to Clebs on that one, let him have one. <laughs> I feel when you find a head gone there and I was like, oh, it's That's what's Garnier. putting me off. <laughs> I don't know. You want to know? Go for it. Seth Nana Tuamasi. Oh, of course oh, the boys. it is. <laughs> oh. Of course it is. Oh, of course it is. I left it. I left that one till the end because I thought I could be a one-all here, and this one could that one could seal it. But mm. there we go. Well, Mike, I apologise. We did try. You know, we tried to give you the chance to uh, to salvage your reputation, but um, I even but... messaged you on um, on Twitter asking for free players that I've been waiting for. You didn't even do that for me. <laughs> Well, there you I go. That would, that, that would be called fixing. So uh, I'm not. I, I don't. I don't agree with that. But uh, Craig, <laughs> while we've got you, um, I have noticed that our appeal for questions has um, has actually got one that I think you might be able to help with uh, from Mr. Ben Topman, <clears throat> friend of yours. I understand. Do you know anyone making use of goggles on CP coats? Question mark. Yeah. Always. If he's giving away free stuff, he has got the money to give it to me. So. If he's given away any free stuff, I'll happily take it. There you go, Ben. You heard it. If you've got it, Craig will have it. Okay, gents. Thank you again for joining us. And uh, Craig will speak to you next week. Clems. Sorry, can't bring you back a third time, mate. (laughs) I'll wait for the DM. Yeah. Radio. Thanks a lot, chap. Bye. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Lindergaard making Morris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. 